0: Hi, I'm John Byrne with Poets & Quants. Welcome to our podcast series, A Deep Dive into the Broad College of Business at Michigan State University. Today's guest is going to talk all about entrepreneurship at the Broad College. Ken Smuziak is the director of the Burgess Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. Welcome, Ken. Thanks for having me. So what's your approach to the whole startup culture at Broad.
1: Yeah, so it's a still evolving dynamic, which I think is really exciting about this space in terms of, you know, what does the organizational structure, what does support structure look like for student entrepreneurs at Michigan State and particularly in the Broad College of Business? But our approach has really been to try to create really an interdisciplinary atmosphere for students to engage in entrepreneurship innovation, meaning that although, uh, you know, my office is housed in the Broad College of Business, I spend a great deal of time working with students across campus, because certainly there's deep discipline coming out of the business school that is applicable to, you know, entrepreneurship and startups. But the reality is, is that most really great teams have a wide range of disciplines participating. So the way that we're approaching entrepreneurship at Michigan State is really through a cross-campus function. So although I'm housed in the Broad College, I also work Work with colleagues who span multiple colleges, and we're always looking to encourage our students to get engaged with you know, cross-functional teams to, to create the most value around a potential problem solution. Right.
0: So let let's take it down to the student level. I'm an MBA. I arrive on campus with an idea. What do I do with it?
1: Yeah, so the MBA program is really becoming much more flexible in terms of our abilities to address that need. We have a couple of different things. So one is we have this really outlined now as an area of interest for our MBA students to pursue. And we've set aside these these kind of impact areas as not being you know, a core function of the discipline that they're getting their degree in, you know, which is generally like, you know, a supply chain or accounting or finance or marketing. But instead, we're allowing students to have entrepreneurship as an area of interest in which they're pursuing. And that frees them up to look at different ways that they may engage in this space. So that could be as simple as participating in events like Startup Weekend or perhaps working as a startup as an intern, as opposed to maybe a traditional, you know, Fortune 500 role. We also are encouraging them to get involved in other support systems here on campus, such as our student business incubator called The Hatch, which we now have a formal, you know, ways in which we can assist graduate students out of that system, which we didn't in the past. It used to be just traditionally an undergraduate support structure. And just last year, we freed up additional funding to support MBA students. And so that gives us the ability to do seed funding. It allows them to work with interns who may be able to help them with legal, with graphic design, web design. We can assist with marketing, travel expenses, those types of things that we have a really great support structure to really bring MBA students into the fold now. So a lot still evolving on that front, but now those MBA students are really becoming engaged in the ecosystem. And we think this will continue to grow immensely in the future, obviously. This is it's a really hot topic around graduate programs.
0: Okay, so let's say I go to startup week. What is it and what do I do there?
1: Yeah, so Startup Weekend is a national, actually it's an international event now. It's a global consortium of events that is hosted by TechStars, which is a an entrepreneurship accelerator. And we host two of them a year at Michigan State University where you have basically 54 hours to move from idea to some sort of demo around a product or service that you'd like to bring to market. So students get up, they get 1 minute to pitch an idea, they form teams as quickly as possible and then we check back in with, with mentors and coaches throughout the weekend. And then on Sunday, they have to give a presentation of what they brought to life in their 54 hours. We give them lots of caffeine and carbs and keep them <laughs> fueled. Uh, but it's it really is a great event. You know, We open this up to undergrads and grads alike, and even to community members. So we'll have a really interesting mix of people participating from obviously on campus, but also just in our local ecosystem around entrepreneurship. We'll jump in and try to build for a period of time. So it's a, it's a ton of fun.
0: And do I have to come there with partners or will you? uh, No, no, no. no.
1: Yeah. You can bring friends, but most of the time people join teams of people they don't even know. Oh wow. Uh, So it's a ton of fun. And I should say, you know, the the other really interesting thing we're now doing in our MBA program, not to completely go sideways on this uh, conversation is we have a similar type structure we do called extreme green, which is a innovation structure in which our students do four, intensive projects through their time in the MBA program. And the last extreme green, extreme green four is focused on entrepreneurship. So we actually we actually put them through a similar type structure, kind of a startup weekend just for MBAs right before spring break during their last semester in which they go from idea to, to uh, pitch in front of a venture capitalist in three days. So we're making this kind of intense experiences that bring entrepreneurship to life in the most realistic ways we can, you know, still in a classroom setting. So they kind of go hand in hand but it's a we're bringing these types of programs because these are the ones that are most impactful because students you know what what happens is you know people get stuck in planning mode and this allows them to go from plan to essentially force implementation and that's really empowering because sometimes people are given too long they've kind of planned themselves to death so to speak
0: and extreme green is a required part of the program right
1: It's correct. Yeah. It's actually become a signature part of the MBA program. And during their time during that, they'll learn skills around creativity, design thinking. They'll do a corporate project, generally with a, you know, large Fortune two hundred company. And then it kind of culminates with them having their choose their own adventure three days with myself. They kind of have to bring all of the tools they've learned in the MBA program to bear to to create a logical business model in, in three days and pitch it to a seasoned venture capitalist.
0: Now, Ken, you've heard this question before, and I'm sure you've answered it hundreds of times, whether in your own home, on campus, cocktail parties, whatever. Are entrepreneurs made or are they born?
1: Yeah, this uh, this still comes up. You know, our theory is that they are made, and at least from this perspective, is you know, can you teach someone to be an entrepreneur? I'll kind of reframe the question as a similar thing, right? I think people are probably born with certain traits that make them, you know, maybe more apt to pursue this, right? Appetite for risk, and maybe you know, the ability to to sell or kind of see logical timelines in which they want to bring an idea to market, the ability to organize. But the reality is, like a lot of those things are still skills that can be obtained. And I tell students this is like you have to have patience around your entrepreneurial activities. Some people are going to be the type that just know what to do when an idea hits them, but others with proper training can actually learn, you know, these are logical steps for me to take. Now, ultimately, ultimately you have to be able to move from planning to action. And that's really what separates people who are in the entrepreneurial mindset. Right. But we say now is like, in today's job market, you have to on, have an entrepreneurial mindset if you're working for General Motors or Ford or yourself. You still have to have that mindset to know what to do, to recognize an opportunity, what type of resources are necessary, what steps are you gonna take, how are you gonna bring a new product to market. And this is really, you know, what's what's gonna be happening in the job market moving forward. So our pitch is the entrepreneurial mindset can be taught. The question about whether or not you can actually, you know. Bring your idea to life in the marketplace is really where you have to be able to, I don't know, flip the switch from the classroom to the real world, so to speak. But certainly, we think this type of mindset training, skill set training is relevant regardless if you're starting your own company or if you're going to go work in corporate America today. It's just what it's just the demands, right?
0: Yeah, of course. And the other issue that often comes up is you hear people tell people who want to go into an MBA program to start a business, hey, don't pay all that tuition use your tuition as your seed capital for your new business why waste your 2 years and uh, and do that and then have to look for seed capital what do you tell people like that
1: yeah so They're not wrong, right? I mean, there's, I think both answers are correct. If you are the type of person that knows kind of where to go with this, then maybe it makes sense to give your own venture a try and see where it leads. The reality though, and this is, you know, I'm always, I'm, I'm a big proponent of entrepreneurship as being part of programming on campus, both for grads and undergrads is that one, you'll never find a place where you're surrounded by more diverse, smart people than you will on a university campus. Two, there's a number of safety nets set up to really help, you know, you foster these ideas that kind of buffer you from "quote unquote" the real world to experiment to see if things stick. And then three, you get the alumni support structure that is second to none when it comes to making the the, the proper contacts, maybe getting access to a marketplace or a first customer that you're not going to get just by looking through your own Facebook feed, right? So there's really, really strong. I would say indicators for why, you know, getting involved in entrepreneurship in a campus setting provides you with a nice leg up. However, you know, if you got the idea, you know how to get the funding, you know, to get to market, give it a whirl, you know, forego grad school if you have to. But really the structure is here to support anyone who wants to explore this space in a way that I think is kind of second to none in terms of getting access to talent and resources.
0: And I don't know what, if there's any research on this, but I would imagine that the odds of success when you're surrounded by that support and that encouragement have to be a lot greater than when you're out there on your own trying to do this with no knowledge of strategy, marketing, finance, accounting, operations.
1: Right. It, you know, it's interesting. And, and what you see is that actually a lot of the, you know, well-known accelerators that that are out there for businesses to participate in, uh, you know, these are essentially, you know, usually 10 to 12 week intensive programs where you know, startup teams join these programs, they receive a little bit of seed funding. And then the idea is at the end of that 12 weeks, there's hopefully investors or people willing to put money on the line to to help back these companies. The famous ones are Y Combinator and Techstars and others. But the reality is a lot of them are actually rolling out their own versions of curriculum now. Y Combinator has a startup school that's online for free and Techstars is always doing different types of programming. So what's interesting is that they, you know, these are essentially the places where people would turn to if they maybe just wanted to jump right into the to the startup scene. But the reality is they there's obviously still some level of of benchmarking around, you know, Getting the proper, I would say, mindset, training, uh, and skills, like you mentioned, marketing, finance, supply chain, still getting, you know, somehow into the minds of these entrepreneurs through different means. So I don't think it's one or the other. I think they really complement each other well.
0: Right. And Ken, give us a couple of success stories.
1: Yeah. So um, I would say at the, at the graduate level, we're still we're still waiting for our Google. But you know what we've seen, our undergraduate programs a little more mature than what we've been doing at the MBA level. So. Hopefully in the next couple of years, we'll we'll start to pan out some things from the graduate level. But we have a, a number of different students who are still actively pursuing projects. The one I love to talk about the most is a student named Josh York. And I think it's kind of quintessential in terms of you know, a typical storyline. He was a supply chain student. He was a member of our first cohort in our accelerator called Conquer Accelerator that we run during the summer. He Spent the summer really focused on building out his inventory. He runs a company that is kind of like Tom's Shoes. So it's a buy one, give one model. But his is focused on streetwear clothing. Very cool stuff. It's yorkproject.com if you want to check it out. In support of the homeless, uh, primarily in Detroit. He um, spent his summer doing really good work, but didn't get to the point where he was comfortable being able to support himself on the income he was making. So he took a full-time job at a large retailer in supply chain. Was there for about eight months, really learned a ton about sourcing and where the market was headed and shot me a text one day and said, I have to get back. I'm moving to my parents' basement. I got to do this on my own. Um, And now he's just opened up some amazing corporate partnerships, landed some deals. He's now doing basically full service cut and sew operations out of Detroit, making his own clothing, growing his team. And so we're we're seeing a number of these success stories kind of continue on. And we have some people playing in machine learning now and language software. So there, I, we're, we're getting there. So that's my favorite story though, because it shows like you don't know where the path is going to take you. You can experiment in entrepreneurship. You may not find that it can support you when you graduate, but there's always room for you to come back, you know, and and... Our alumni network and the way we're setting up our systems are to support people from uh, basically from enrollment through graduation and beyond, so that's what we want to at least get across to our students is that we we're, we're setting up an ecosystem that can support you for the entire the entire journey
0: and Ken while entrepreneurship is hot it's not for everybody, and in fact, only a small percentage of mbas actually launch companies in programs or shortly after graduating so the the greater benefit of teaching entrepreneurship is what you mentioned before is to develop that mindset that every company and organization wants, no matter how large they are today
1: yeah, you're absolutely right, and you know those statistics probably won't change very much. They vary a little bit depending on how big the sample size is and what you include in them. But you know somewhere between five and eight or five and ten percent of people will ever start some sort of new venture. And those stats haven't changed much. Our goal isn't necessarily to beat those averages. But as you mentioned, our goal is to make sure that our students leave here understanding kind of like the mindset of an entrepreneur, the mindset of an owner, and how you can take these skills that are necessary and apply them into any space you go into. If it's nonprofit, for-profit, Fortune 500, your own startup you know, thinking innovatively, thinking with an ownership mindset is going to become paramount, obviously moving forward. It sounds cliche because I know people say this over and over again, but I think there's just so many ways that we're we're thinking differently about how to approach that too.
0: And Ken, you're going to have a new building soon. Does that mean you're going to have a new incubator?
1: Yeah, we are really exciting. We're a new entrepreneurship lab opening in the new facility, uh, which is called the Gainer Entrepreneurship Lab. It's going to be we're, we're still we're still developing the full programming, but it's going to be a really interesting classroom space that allows us to essentially do a lot of different um, hybrid programs out of. So one, we can do some formal obviously, instruction, but it also will serve a function as being a place for open office hours for students, for prototyping, for teamwork. That'll be really uh, just an amazing tool in our um, in our kit that we can offer to students as as an amenity to help them get rolling.
0: I bet you it's going to be great.
1: Yeah, we're excited.
0: So, Ken, thanks for giving us the uh, lowdown on entrepreneurship at the Broad School.
1: Absolutely. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. So this is John Byrne with Poets and Quants. Thanks for joining our deep dive into the Broad College of Business at Michigan State University. Keep a watch for other parts of the series to learn all about the Broad College. Thanks for listening.